Welcome to Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants with me, Shelley Fischel of Tomorrow's VA and Joe Brianti of JLB Business Consulting. Each week we chat with amazing guest experts all aimed at helping you grow your VA business. So sit back, grab a cuppa and tune in for a fun-filled episode. Welcome listeners to Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants. And Joe and I are here with you today and we are recording this on the 6th of April. It will go out, um, let me just find my trusty spreadsheet. This one is going to go out in May. So this, you will be listening to this on the 3rd of May or thereabouts. But as we record it, we've just had Easter Easter weekend, I had Passover, Joe had Easter, and we were just beforehand, we were just comparing notes over how busy or not we had been mm. over our breaks. And I actually took a week out. Well, I, I cheated a little bit, but I mainly was out. I couldn't be in here in my office because it was my son and daughter-in-law's bedroom for the duration. So anything that I did, I had to do on a laptop at the dining room table. And it really cemented for me that work happens in my office at my desktop. Mm. Um, and although I, I can tinker around the edges on the laptop out there, but I really prefer to work in here without any distractions. How about yeah. you, Joe? Do you, where do you work best? I have my own office space. I'm very fortunate that we have a, a partition. We we had, you know, like a drywall with a door. I can lock the key, which means I keep the kids out. So I'm very fortunate. <clears throat> I do occasionally, when I just want a change of scene, go and sit in my kitchen because I can look out of the back yeah. garden instead of the front. I, occasionally, um, I like to work in a cafe, although it's been a long time since I've done mm-hmm. that. But... I'm always mindful about the type of tasks I do when I'm outside of the house because I never work on anything where there's personal data on a on a Wi-Fi outside of the house. But um, I might go and do my social media. I might do blogs. I might do anything else like that. But if I want to do that deep work, and you you know that that book Cal Newport deep work where you just get in there nothing beats my office I've had a nice new orthopedic chair that's recently and yeah I've got my desk set up with the big monitor and all those things exactly the same as you were talking about the layout of your monitors you just have that thing where you get in there yeah yeah I'm gonna shut the door here I I actually can hear my husband in the other room right now actually talking to my daughter in the states and and Rosie our granddaughter on whatsapp video call but i can't go and look because we're talking here so i you know because it's they've just got up first thing this morning so uh so we tend to talk about this time of day if she's going to call with the kids it's about half past two three o'clock um in here because it's you know seven eight o'clock in the morning there so we've got seven hour time difference it Mm. makes life a little bit tricky at times so what's on your agenda now after the easter break joe so I'm in the middle of doing <clears throat> a bit of a website refresh, um, doing some updates on that. Um, I picked up quite a few new leads and all sorts of different things <clears throat> in the two days just before Christmas. So I've got <laughs> some stuff to go back to people with this week. And um, I did the first session. Joe, of a- Joe, Joe yeah. let me interrupt. You said the two days just before Christmas. Did you mean oh, before Easter? I did mean just before <laughs> just Easter. Look what that. happens. You have a few days off and you just don't know what day of the week it is. <laughs> I thought that's oh, what gosh. you meant. It was funny. Totally random, ladies and gentlemen. But yeah, okay. and so I've got that and um, yeah, just stuff going on, it feels, you know, and it's the school holidays. Ah, I've only just <laughs> gone back. Yes, exactly. I've got one who is out at a rugby club and then the other one who saddled about for so long, we never, he never got a place on the football club. So he's kind of mooching around, feeling a bit miserable because he's bored. Bored. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And he's eating a lot. (laughs) (laughs) We come back. We come back to that food thing again. That food thing and how again. about you? What, what's on your agenda at the moment? Well, it's 
been quite interesting. A few things have kind of fallen across my desk, so to speak, the last week or so. Um, it's amazing, I think, sometimes when you take your eye off and you go away, things do happen. Yeah. Um, I remember listening to a pod, uh, an audio by um, a coach I follow called Michael Neal. And uh, he once talked about a coaching client who was desperate to do whatever it was. And Michael Neal said, if you want to work with me for the next three months, you have to do nothing. And the guy said, that's not possible. I can't do nothing. Mm. He said, no, you need the space, thinking space. You've got to do nothing. Anyway, the guy got ill and he was actually in bed for three months. Mm. And when he came back afterwards, he said, you know, you were right. I had to do nothing to work out what I was going to do next. Yeah. So I think that kind of happened. So I'm uh, I'm doing some voiceover work this week yeah. for the first time. Well, it's not really the first time because most of what I do is, I suppose, voiceover. So a company in New York, a technology company in New York, have asked me to create for them a introduction for their onboarding on cybersecurity. Mm. So I've been learning a bit about cybersecurity. They've given me their slide deck. They've given me access to what they've already got. But basically, they don't have enough staff to onboard in dribs and drabs. They wanted a more um, streamlined way of doing it. So when they take on new clients with new kit, there's a video they watch and that answers some questions. So that's been really interesting. Mm. So that's what I'm going to be doing tomorrow and Thursday. A bit of learning, then some rehearsing tweaking the slides and then recording it for them because they need it of course by friday so <laughs> it's always the way isn't it so that's that's my my first thing i've uh, been creating uh, i'm going to be speaking at uh, the birmingham pa life for, uh, pa forum in uh, september so i had to put an outline for that together uh, i'm going to be delivering a workshop for the miss jones a virtual summit at the end of this month on the 29th of april so if any of you would like to come and learn about Microsoft Teams with me, head over to the Miss Jones, look for the Miss Jones Virtual Summit. It's a workshop, so it's a paid event. Um, the summit has lots of free stuff going on, so it's worth going to anyway. Mm. It's the 29th and 30th of April. My session is one of a series of paid workshops. So I have to create that. That's gonna be a 90 minute workshop and it's going to be interactive. So that's kind of, little bit of a challenge there to put that together so I've got I've got that to do um I've got my books to plan still because mm -hmm. I haven't quite got to them and I've just been approached by um an online uh, company that does events for EAs and PAs and they want me to be part of their team of live trainers mm -hmm. so I'm waiting for them to come back to me on that so there's lots of things going on um, and of course you know I've had some nice tests I've had a a really nice testimonial for the perfect PowerPoint creation, which went live a couple of weeks ago. Somebody actually got in there and did it straight away. Oh, love students like that. Buy a course and get stuck in. They don't leave it to rot in the digital space. Yeah. Uh, and she said it was a gem of a course, which made me feel really warm and fuzzy. So excellent. So, so that's, that's been it. Yeah. Busy. Good week for you. Busy week again. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's nice and busy, but I'm uh, I'm also um, changing a little bit some of the way that I work. I, you know, I'm I'm shutting the door here and leaving the office a bit more properly. Um, I've, you know, I've I've had a one of my monitors isn't working at the moment, and we were talking about it before, and I'm going to get a new one. In the meantime, I've only got one monitor, and I'm really missing my second monitor mm. as I try and move things around, especially when I'm training or running a meeting, you want to have one thing on one, one thing on, if you're used to it, of course, if you've yeah. never had it, you won't miss it, but I'm really missing it. So I'm looking mm. forward to getting that. And then I want to get all my desk reset up in a slightly different way. So mm. there's, there's things, things bubbling away. We're both mm -hmm. busy. It's good. Yeah, it's good. It's good to be busy and keeping out of mischief. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, I think we should um, head off and finish this segment so that yep. we can come back and meet Dinah in a few minutes to talk about blooming menopause, which yep. is something that affects all of us ladies. I'm sorry, gentlemen, if, if you are listening, uh, it probably doesn't affect you, but it does or will affect somebody in your life. 
any of the, the ladies in your life at some point will have to grapple with the menopause. And some people can be very lucky and sail through it. And other people, it can be quite debilitating. So it's going to be really interesting talking to Dinah about the things that she's got and her top tips of uh, how to get on top of it, really. Yeah. So we'll see you shortly. Welcome back, listeners. And after Joe and I were just talking before, it's great pleasure to welcome Dinah Tobias of Blooming Menopause in to join us today on the podcast. Podcast. Put your teeth in, Shelley. Anyway, uh, welcome, Dinah. It's lovely to have you on the podcast. Dinah and I have known each other for a couple of years. We, we've met in person, I think, once at that pub at King's Cross, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, good yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a couple of years ago. No, I remember that because I went to the Harry Potter shop before. So uh, I bought a little owl for my granddaughter at the time. So I remember that. No, it was it was it was it was good to meet you. So we're both part of a community of trainers and listeners. You'll have heard me talk about trainer talk on the odd occasion um, or my community, the community of trainers to which I belong, which is a fantastic community um, of networking together and helping each other out and it's very similar to the VA community of collaboration not competition which is the VA mantra so that's that's how I know I know Dinah so Dinah meet Joe Joe meet Dinah hi nice to meet you you. and Shelley I'll just say you're one of the most helpful uh trainers within within trainer talk so thank you for everything you've supported me on (laughs) Thank you. I do my best. I do my best. So, Dinah, do you want to tell our listeners a bit about Blooming Menopause, what it is, but I think also about how it came about, um, um, you know, what you did before, because you used to be a networking coach, am I right? Or have I misremembered? Yeah, well, yes, amongst many incarnations um, <laughs> in my life. I'm all about the, all about the reinvention. I think we, we, get, we get many lives in, in the workplace. Yeah. So, well, first of all, thank you. Thank you for inviting me uh, onto the podcast. And uh, hopefully this will be a virtually amazing experience <laughs> learning a little bit about menopause. My, um, yeah, my background, what well, Blooming Menopause really came about uh, out of my own ignorance, really. And, and actually, if you ask around, uh, most women that are approaching menopause age probably find that they know very little around menopause. Mm. And, that's really important to start changing that. And that was really the, the, the impetus for, for looking at, at this space. Um, uh, so I reached menopause about, well, the thing is, you never know when you're reaching menopause. No. You go into this stage called perimenopause, which maybe we'll come on to. So I, I was clearly in the menopause phase, very obviously in the menopause phase, maybe around three years ago, um, knowing nothing. Uh, and then when we, I mean, literally, I knew something about some hot flushes, periods might start, would stop, and maybe I'd grow some hairs on my chin. And funnily enough, this morning, I remembered that that, that and, and started plucking at my chin. Um, I don't think it shows up on video, though. Uh, <laughs> certainly not on sound. No. Uh, so, yeah, so I, I knew really nothing. Uh, so last year, um, having gone through this bewildering contradictory enlightening uh, uh, process of, of menopause and talking to lots of different people and learning huge amount, I pivoted what I was doing, which I'll explain in a minute, um, to focus on menopause and specifically um, menopause awareness and education in the workplace. Um, because we spend you know, a significant amount of mm. our time in the workplace um, and, uh, and learning about menopause, you know, wh- why wouldn't you learn about it at work? And it supports you back in the home as well. Uh, prior to all of that, yes, I was, well, I've had various incarnations, as I said, I've worked in corporate life for many years. I exited the corporate world. I'm sure your VAs will, will identify with the power of suddenly being your own boss. I exited that about 17 years ago. I was in marketing, strategic marketing. And then I set up a number of different businesses, um, mostly around um, sort of networking, building networks, senior level networks in payments and financial services. And then I, um, I kind of left that whole payments and financial services world behind and started doing um, running workshops and masterclasses on relationship building and on presentation skills, because I've also done a lot in, in public speaking, which was one of the things that really got hit with menopause. <laughs> <laughs> um, so 
so yeah, I was I was doing relationship building workshops, presentation skills workshops, um, and and also coaching um, mainly at executive level. So I've really transferred those skills around coaching and uh, training and taken them into the menopause space because information about menopause is all out there. It's just about how you convey it and how you support people through it. Yeah, and also aggregating it as well. To, yeah. It's a one-stop place where people can go and find what they need rather than having to trawl. And I know I've Googled things, you know, you, a symptom you have, and you get so many contradictory yeah. articles online, you don't know who to believe. So it's good yeah. to have a, 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 one, a one space for that. So, uh, yeah, I, I love this idea of, of having lots of different, doing lots of different things. I think, I think we all do that, don't we, Joe? Mm. What about, what's yeah. your thoughts? It, it, absolutely. I mean, I went from training to be a chef um, through to a tech project manager um, to sort of GDPR and, and tech consulting um, as a freelancer. So, yeah, that's quite wide. It's, yeah. I, I think we all now have portfolio sort of lives where we are no longer that you know how it used to be you you went as a um, apprentice you time served and then you retired 40 years later from the same company that just doesn't happen now does it I wouldn't like that I don't know about anybody else (laughs) it's interesting it's interesting actually because um in in Japan and China they talk about menopause as the second spring yeah so in a way that idea of reinventing yourself in every possible way including maybe in your in your work uh in the work or having multiple strands sort of ties in with second spring because we're all working so much later you know it's 4.3 million uh, women working over the age of 50 um yeah. the fastest growing demographic in the workplace i mean yeah. and then you've got a lot of people who choose to work up for themselves um yeah. so. fascinating so do you want to talk talk us through about the things that you're doing now because are you you're doing i know you've been doing some webinars and and you have some workshops i believe so do you want to tell our listeners about how they can find you, what they can do, who are they aimed at? Um, yes, so I, I, my main focus is, is around the workplace. So as I mentioned, just in the UK, we've got a, a, the fastest growing demographic in the workplace is, is menopause or women. But, but the menopause does not just impact those no. say women, but there are, you can have trans men, non, um, non-binary as well, um, people. So you know, it affects everybody really. Uh, so it's not just those that are going to go through this this natural stage of life, this transition, um, but also their line managers, um, all the colleagues, mm-hmm. team members, um, and then you translate that into the home as well. Um, so, so I I thought that the workplace is a great place to start. Uh, there's been a lot of focus on things like mental health and and all sorts of other health health issues, but for some reason menopause has a bit of a taboo around it now this is starting to break down quite a lot um but if you'd gone back two years ago nobody was talking about you know particularly about menopause at work um but there is still a taboo there's a lack of complete lack of education and the biggest issue i think is that um putting aside line managers needing to understand legally and leaderships needing to understand you know financially the impact on their business women themselves are not actually understanding what menopause is and so like me you kind of arrive with a few symptoms and you're like oh could this be the menopause but more often than not some of these lesser known symptoms show up first in Mm. what's perimenopause which is around menopause age you know menopause perimenopause can last several years five to seven years and i think that for me for example it was things like um irritability, low mm. mood, things like that, that we're showing up often is for, for women. Um, lack of sociability, those kinds of things, lower drive, fatigue. So, you know, before the flushes turn, turn up, yeah. they even have flushes. Some people don't have um, changes immediately to their periods. So if you don't know what's happening in the workplace, that can be a major issue. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, so you asked me about what do I do? So, yeah, delivering webinars around education, workshops for women themselves to understand what they're going through, um, workshops for line managers to understand how to talk about menopause. 
um, and that it's okay and how to signpost within organizations. Um, so it's those kinds of things and also making sure that there are cheerleaders sort of keep thing, keep that momentum going within an organization. So we've seen some great examples um, that they weren't necessarily my implementations, but great examples of large corporates now really embracing this mm. um, and really supporting everybody to to have that conversation. And it is just about having conversations. Yeah. Um, in terms of working with individuals, um, I think that ongoing coaching, I, I you know, as a coach, I would normally say, well, you know, you, as long as you have that sort of a nice fit with somebody, you can work with anyone. Actually, with menopause, I think supporting people through that transition and understanding how to cope, create those strategies, I think it helps to work with somebody who's gone through menopause. Now, yeah. every woman, every woman's got a different experience of menopause. So you can't say, well, mine's the same as yours. But understanding that lack of drive, that flatness that can come along, quite important. You don't want a yeah. rah, 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 you know, coach <laughs> with you when actually what you want to do is be in bed. No, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, uh, I can't remember what my first symptoms were because mine's behind me quite a way. I, I, in fact, I had a hysterectomy when I was 35 and kind of wasn't expecting the menopause, I suppose. Um, was on HRT for a long time. So that took care of because I, I would have been in the menopause straight away but that took care of that but then once that stopped um and then it was probably quite a few years before it hit properly um so yeah I I, I do that and I think you're right I think it's one of those things that definitely somebody who's been there in some form um mm. is right my I, I remember um we, we were we were out for dinner and I was having these flashes it was really bad and it was just before my birthday and our next door neighbor bought me a um a plaque that's what did it say what did it say women don't women have a hot flushes it's something to do with energy but it was so marked because I'd obviously been so uncomfortable when we were out with them and that he felt I mean we did know them very well so he felt he could it was a bit of a joke mm. but it could have gone down very flat <laughs> it's interesting isn't it because when I went through that process and it's all behind me now as well I didn't have a single hot flush oh, wow. occasionally yeah, got friend, yeah. yeah I occasionally got a bit warm if it was a warm summer day and I would feel myself getting hotter than normal but as a general rule of thumb you know um and I, I've got friends who suddenly sort of flash up and feel whoo, no, nothing, nothing. Yeah. So it is very, very different, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, there, there are physical symptoms like, you know, changes to period, weight gain, yeah. um, flushes and sweats, which everybody, you know, 70% of women do go through those. Um, but I, I know a number of people who haven't had those at all. And they talk about scaling through menopause, but then you find that actually they've got joint pain, they've got vaginal yeah. dryness. 80% of women have vaginal dryness. Burning tongue, who knew? Burning tongue, yeah. Yeah. itchy skin, all of these physical yes. things. And then on the emotional side, which, psychological side, which is a little bit more hidden in a way, things like brain fog, lack of concentration. Mm, yeah. Those are scary um, and, and really can impact at work. And if you can't chat to other people about it or explain what's going on, then, you know, you could be seen as having poor performance and nobody wants that, you know. Yeah. But, but mood swings as well and just not feeling in control. And it really is the estrogen kind of seeping from our brains. We've got estrogen all the way through our bodies. It's not just a gynecological issue. And yeah. not a lot of people know that. I certainly didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I remember reading Jenny Murray's book, Is It Hot In Here? Mm. Is it just me or is it is it just me or is it hot in here? Um, I bought a few books. You're right, there was not very much out there. And there were one or two books that people had written. Um, and I remember buying hers because I was just getting hot at all times, the day and night. And living in England where it was freezing cold a lot of the time and it's me like <laughs> sweating away. But mainly at night, the, the nights, because then you have disturbed sleep. Yeah, then you have disturbed sleep and you have disturbed sleep anyway with menopause. But with or you have fatigue and you have less sleep, but yeah. disturbed sleep, then I, that impacts absolutely everything. everything. And then it's hard to know what's the symptom and what's actually yeah. a somatic kind of, um, you know, follow on from that. And then that just sort of, the stress levels start to rise. Yeah. Um, 
yeah and it can be quite hard also and I think keeping a symptom checker is one of the best thing you can actually do finding you know identifying symptoms before for example you go to the GP because they don't necessarily see the everything that's happening you know in 10 minutes yeah. you can't necessarily work out what's going on mm. so if you can understand that in advance and do a little bit of research then that's sort of helping them yeah. to, 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 to diagnose uh, what I, I found um I found my male GP sympathetic and then he offered me um, antidepressants um, and, and, and I said, well, do you not want to check with some sort of blood test? No, no, we, we don't do that as a, as a routine it anymore. Depend, it does depend on what age, Joe, actually. Yeah, but he, he said to me, he said, um, he said, but, you know, antidepressants might help you for feeling a bit low in mood. And that was one of the things that I hadn't even mentioned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it almost seemed like, well, this is the routine answer. Yeah. So <laughs> and we, there is no routine, is there? No. And, 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 and I mean, actually, I wouldn't. There are some really great male um, GPs out there. Yeah. So I, I actually don't think this is a male female thing because there are actually no. GPs just like there are female bosses who go, oh, well, you know, we all go through menopause and, you know, just yeah. with it. Um, and in fact, there is a, somebody was telling me the other day that they went to see a menopause specialist, it was a, a man, and he said, we're learning all the time mm. because there are so many symptoms that can show up and they don't necessarily know all of those symptoms yeah. and how estrogen. But as women, yeah, but we're learning. Whole, uh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, sorry, I was going to say, as women, we're learning all the time as well. Yes, but we know our bodies more, I think. Yeah. So if you can keep that symptom checker, that's quite helpful. But yeah. Um, but, but yes, antidepressants, sadly, um, are being foisted on women, partly because it's interesting that the suicide rate is much higher in women of menopausal age. And, uh, and so, but actually, it's probably more to do with undiagnosed menopause than yeah. anything, because there's so many psychological issues that can, that can sort of show up. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Oh, okay, so do you have any tips? Have you devised from your own experience and from speaking to all the people you've obviously spoken to and all the reading and learning that you've done? Do you have any top tips for um, our listeners on, on, on yeah. apart from the symptom checker, which you just mentioned? Yeah, well, I mean, I think for I was thinking about this in terms of I mean, I've worked for myself for 17 years or something. And so for, for VAs or anybody that's working for themselves, working at home, we're all working at home now, of course, but a lot of people I think there are, there is a number of things you can do I think um and I go into this more in, in a I'm developing a program around um, prioritizing yourself and menopause and prioritizing yourself is one of the key things first yeah. of all prioritize yourself put yourself first um because if you can't put yourself first then you're not going to be able to support your clients and certainly not your kids and your partner or whoever else is, you're, you're there to support um so do these things for yourself prepare yourself I think being prepared in advance of perimenopause. So that could be any age from, you know, 35, 40. I mean, you know, yeah. one in every hundred um, women go through menopause um, uh, before the age of um, 40. So um, that's early menopause. So prepare yourself for menopause to do that education. Think about some of the lifestyle factors as well um, around eating a Mediterranean diet, for example, weight bearing, uh, exercise. So some of those sort of hygiene factors should we say um, so there's a lot more to learn around that reducing stress is really really important mm. so I think if you've got a portfolio of clients and I think most VAs would have a portfolio of clients uh, one of the one of the, the benefits of having some variety there is maybe do some triaging both in terms of who you're working for are they understanding because having that conversation in the same way that you would in a workplace if you were employed having a conversation to sort of explain that maybe you can't work so well in the afternoons. Like I don't work as well in the afternoons. My brain fog really hits me. My concentration hits me. So having that flexibility. Um, so triaging who you actually work for, whether they're understanding, you know, we're, we're in the second phase of our lives. Why shouldn't we be prioritizing who we work for mm. as well? Okay. Economically, mm. we need to think about these things, but choose people that you can that are going to be supportive um, of you um, in terms of clients 
So find ways to reduce stress in your portfolio because that's going to otherwise um, trigger off a lot of those symptoms. But also making adjustments. I think that would be the, 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 mm. the key one. Making adjustments. So when you work, um, think about the time of day that you work. Think about how many clients you can actually work for and, and for how long. Think about how you're working. Um, so do you need to work in mini little smaller chunks or do you, you know, do you need to be taking breaks? I mean, it's the usual sanity factors. Yeah. There, but mm. they're even more important. And then where you work. So, you know, again, filtering noise and things like that can be quite difficult in menopause, I find. So if you've got kids running around in the background, you know, find, create a space that's going to work for you. Um, make sure there's ventilation, make sure you get natural light, take breaks, go outside. All of this is going to reduce stress and support you in terms of symptoms um, being triggered at the, the wrong moments. Um, I think the final thing would be, you know, finding a support team, because when you work by yourself, mm. you know, you, you need, if you're, if you've had a really bad night's sleep, for example, and you can't function the next day, you're going to need somebody either to do the things in the house, for example, <laughs> that you might normally do, so you can focus on work, or find a partner that you can work with Mm. Um, who can pick up the slack on those days where you really you know whatever your symptoms yeah. you know migraines for example can become a lot more um prevalent in menopause so you might need somebody who can support you who can pick up some of that work for you um so having that flexibility i think it helps when you work for yourself mm. to have, that you have flexibility and there's a lot of lot of i mean one in four women actually leave uh, consider leaving the workplace um, a corporate life uh, when they hit menopause and about 10% actually leave. So actually having options to work for yourself are great, but you've got to make that work for yes. you. There's no point mm. going working like a slave when you're actually overwhelmed with menopause um, for yourself. Great, you're free from having a boss, but, you know, you've uh, got to Sometimes we are our own worst bosses though, aren't we? I know I, I'm, I'm the worst boss in the world because I don't give myself a break for anything. Yeah, <laughs> and, you, and actually, you've seen me, Shelley, having little meltdowns just in this last, you know, in the yeah. last year. Certainly, in the last few years, I've I've had to really create space. Um, but I mean, even even this, you know, in the last few months, I've literally had to say if I do one thing each day, and you know, I'm running something fairly new here, and I'm trying to not be so hard on myself, and I'm yeah. I'm having to say, look, okay, financially things aren't necessarily as good as I'd like them to be. But my, you know, my health, financial health is not as important as my physical health. Yeah. So if I need to stop and I just need to sit on the sofa and have a cry or go for a walk because it's going to help me and make me feel better, the other stuff's never going to be that important. I mean, you know, I don't know how many more years I'm going to be working for. I've got to be able to get through this. Yes. Um, and you can still be having symptoms. You know, you can still be having, you know, we all talk about getting through menopause, but you can still have symptoms in your 60s and your 70s yeah so, you know. wow I didn't know that yeah well I know that I'm through it I mean I'm 62 I may know but I'm not shy to say it and I do occasionally still get a hot flush very occasionally but it suddenly comes and I think hang on a minute I recognize this what's this going on here yeah. <laughs> and, come to visit. yes but it, it is um, it's not I mean and I live in a hot country so sometimes I think oh well it's just the weather but it isn't it, it's a different kind of heat to the weather it's it's yeah. internal it's completely different but uh, but yeah no I I think I think those are really good tips and I think it's just yeah. um, definitely something to think about is is to put yourself first and it's something that as women we're very 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 we're Poor actually up. really bad at that aren't we yeah. we, we, we are and, and at this stage of life I think also you know you've either got you know still got young kids or you've got kids that are starting to leave home you've got maybe aging parents you've got lots of other things that yeah. you're thinking about you're trying to work out who the hell you are your partner might be going through something too. If you're in a same-sex relationship, you could be both going through menopause. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty yeah. bad. But also, you've got to think about the long-term effect. We talk about getting through menopause, but actually, that's the symptom bit. Yeah. But there are, there's an impact, you know, such mm. things like osteoporosis and increased heart disease um, and, and stroke. And um, I think women are two-thirds more likely to suffer from um, dementia, from Alzheimer's. Um, so we, we need to think about how do we protect ourselves in that respect. And we haven't really meant you mentioned HRT, HRT Shelley. And actually, I met a lady the other day. Um, she's 85. She says, 
nobody's taking my HRT away from me. <laughs> um, and, you know, I'm a big fan, but, you know, um, the benefits can often outweigh the, 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 the people saying they want to go through it menopause naturally. Um, but actually, those benefits could be reducing risk of osteoporosis. And again, if we're going to keep working longer, we need to be able to, yeah. you know, be in good shape. Yeah. And especially as the people that we are representing now, whether that's freelance trainers for Dinah and myself or VAs for Joe and my my audience for the podcast, we all work for ourselves. Yeah. So we do have to make sure, um, you know, that we're not we're not going to necessarily retire at the retirement age, which keeps mm. going up anyway. Um, so we need to make sure that we are able to continue working for as long as we want to. And mm. a lot of us go into this because we like what we do as well. And we don't actually want to retire. Yeah. That, there's that element too but we do have that that option to you know we might not have if you're employed um and, and then of course now with flexible working coming along a little bit more it's, it's great for actually for, for women in menopause because they can yeah. have that more flexibility it's more acceptable and less yeah. of a taboo subject to bring up with your boss when you work for yourself you have that choice yes you have that financial um impact if you tail off a little bit but it is important, I think, to create that balance because stress, that sort of, you know, triggering your sympathetic, um, uh, what's it called? Sympath your sympathetic system. Yeah. Uh, Don't system. worry. Anyway, that thing. We can look it up afterwards. <laughs> um, that's the other thing. It's terrible when you're working and you lose words. That's one of the worst symptoms ever. Um, Anyway, that's just going to push up your adrenaline, your stress levels and kick mm. up your, uh, the symptoms. And, and then you're no good to anybody, really. Mm. So it's really in your best interest. I think everybody needs to think about that, you know, how much work you need to actually do. We don't need to prove anything to anyone anymore. We've chosen to work for ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Being kind to ourselves. It's exactly. as, as women and as business owners, that's a really important mantra. But it's even more important, as you say, once you start to go through this process of great physical and emotional change yeah. for, for, you know, within our lives. And it doesn't just impact us, does it? You know, as you say, that's I mean, I huge. Would, I, I would say, though, you know, we talk, I talk a lot, everybody talks a lot about the downside of menopause um, and the symptoms and the impact and all of this. But actually, it's an amazingly freeing time, partly for the reasons I just sort of said. We have choice suddenly. I think yeah. we become these sort of wise women and we stop and go, actually, you know what? I don't have to worry about all sorts of things I used to have to worry about getting pregnant, mm. you know, for example, yeah. period. Yeah. Um, well, in perimenopause, you do, but you know, getting pregnant and and, um, and and all sorts of other things that come up, and we can actually take this sort of freedom. I, I find I don't care as much about what other people think, and with that, I don't really care whether somebody's judging my career or not. Well, yeah, that's because I'm determining that. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. I think that wisdom comes as well. So it's almost like a yeah, sort of. Uh, spiritual change as well as a hormonal change yeah it is it is because you you do kind of think you know there's things that you just brush off that a few years ago I might have thought oh and you might have either worried or something about it and you just think each to their own you know and that's where when I'm coaching if I'm coaching and, and if I you know this, this group um uh, master mastermind that I'm putting together is getting people to think about actually how important are some of these perceptions mm. how important are some of these decisions we make about ourselves um, is something because of a menopause symptom or actually a real situation so, so sort of judging where you're at and what's important to you so that you can you know yeah. enjoy your life. yeah that that's made me wonder do you think people could um let's say that you've got somebody in a difficult relationship and they could be blaming the menopause for the difficult relationship, but really they were in the difficult relationship anyway. Do you see that happening very much? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it probably exposes hmm. a lot of what's important. So, I mean, we're okay. I could easily go down to the rather well, sex side of things. Yes. You know, a man still very much got his sex drive. Yeah. He's got dry, you know, vaginal dryness and mm. low libido. It just goes out the window, really. It's very clear who's prioritising what, because if one put, and there's some really supportive partners. Um, 
but I think, yes, yeah, some of those issues could have been covered up. Um, partly mm. also because you've got kids at home and you're focused on that, you know, yeah, yeah. if you've got kids, I say, I haven't got kids, so I don't have that necessarily shining a light. But it is this, yeah, suddenly you get to grips with what's important for you and it's not necessarily what's important and hasn't been important for the other. Yeah, I mean, I can only think, um, I know that for me, when I was taking the decision to have that hysterectomy at age 35, there's a medical reason for it. Um, it took me a year to make the decision. Um, and it was losing, because you're losing a huge part of who you are um, as a female person, the reproductive bit. And I think that's the same in the menopause, you know, as women, you're suddenly the primary primoral, well, primedial, primoral, whatever the word is. See, it's not just you. Yeah. Um, the, the whatever that word is the the reason that we are female for to reproduce is gone yeah. yeah and that's a huge identity loss as well for some women as well for some it might be liberating yeah I mean I didn't have children and so I went through this and I always wanted children and I went through this sort of grieving process yeah I can imagine a lady called Jodie Day who runs a thing called Gateway um, Women um was sort of this grieving process from my early 40s really probably earlier than that and at 45 it was very strange because I thought oh my womb seems to have stopped talking to me now I was actually probably perimenopausal then but I didn't have everything else seemed regular but I just had this this sort of disconnect between my womb and I that grieving kind of dissipated but then there was sort of a new well actually when you're in perimenopause you can have this sort of real energy um surge um and and women often can feel a little bit more um you know you don't necessarily have the low libido at that point <laughs> tails up, you can have this sort of flourishing that goes on and then suddenly lots of things stop working as well um and i think i had a little bit of that and then yeah this sort of second grief that comes along but in a way for me it was a bit of a relief because i didn't have to think oh i've failed at not mm. having children you know mm. um it was something i had no control over the whole menopause it just comes along so then you embrace other things what's your creativity what, what where are you going yeah. to channel your energies um and men don't necessarily have such a defined you know you're talking about relationships they have such a defined point in their lives no 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 they they kind of bumble along quite unwittingly <laughs> everything <laughs> Um, but you're right, some are very, very supportive and others would be very dismissive. Yeah. Uh, oh, get a grip, woman, sort of thing. And yet others would be very helpful. What's very interesting, Shelley, is when I announced that I was doing this and changing into menopause um, coaching and training, I had all my menopausal friends busy liking my posts on LinkedIn and on Facebook. And whatever. But, um, but it was men who wrote to me. They sent me messages Wow! that this is such an important, some of the very senior people within very large organizations, you know, this is such an important issue. Or my, you know, my partner and I have been, you know, has been going through this. This is just, it's so, it's, I've tried so hard to support her and it's a very confusing time. And I was just like really touched by the fact yeah. that I've taken that time. And there actually was a real desire to understand it more. That's you know, fantastic. Partly because in the media, there's a lot more conversation and in the workplace, yeah. there's a lot more conversation. About you, is that something that you found then, Dinah, that there is um, a need from a man's point of view to understand more? Because as much as sometimes we as women find it difficult to understand this tumultuous change that we may be going through where one day when for them being almost outside of that, it's well, you know yeah totally yeah if you think uh, some, take something like mood swings you know take this this yeah. Easter weekend we, um, uh, this is going out a bit later but we're on it we just had Easter weekend and there could have been all sorts of plans that you know people have had and you know somebody who's going through menopause and they have sort of either extreme fatigue or mood swings or just suddenly feeling like I can't see people mm. um and the, you know the husband or the, the partner's thinking what what's going on you were all for it about five minutes ago and trying to understand that this is not just oh you know I, I've got myself into a I've got myself into that stage yeah you know, and understanding that what's happened to their partner is that estrogen is sort of fluctuating and changing you know their, their mood without them even understanding without a woman even understanding how to shift that back 
you know, and you almost have to ri ride a wave. And so the partner needs to ride the wave with them. Yeah. Even yeah. snapping, you know, being irritable, you know, it's getting into a slanging match is not, not the answer in menopause because probably the woman didn't even mean anything by it, didn't even understand why she was snapping. So yeah, yeah men, men have, it's, it's, I think it's difficult. It's not just about understanding in the bedroom. It's about understanding in every area. Yeah. yeah. And being there to listen. You know, I was talking about, you know, educate yourself and listen for those supporting. Yeah, yeah. You know, non-judgmentally and don't compare. In fact, some of the um, tribunals that have happened uh, in the workplace around where, when menopause has been uh, cited, I mean, it, it, um, have been to do with um, somebody, a, a boss, com uh, comparing his wife's menopause experience <laughs> with somebody, you know, one of his team. Well, I say, yeah, it was in this instance. Now, one of his team members, you know, what she was going through. Yeah. Just, you know, it can be totally different. Yeah. I think it's fascinating and I think you're doing really important work mm. and I'm really glad that we've had this chat because I yeah. now know much more about what you do apart from yeah. anything else so I think that's great and I think listeners if if you are listening in I think you know there's lots of tips to pick up here from from Dinah and uh, we will put all Dinah's contact details on the web page and you'll be able to go and, and look at her beautiful website which is actually a beautiful website and uh and yeah so Dinah thank you so much for coming on the podcast it's really been enlightening and even though I'm through it I've still learned something which is quite, yep. always useful we always know somebody who's going through it yeah um, they might not have said they're going through it so yeah being able to support is one of the key things yeah absolutely but thank you again Daddy, for joining us welcome back listeners wasn't that fascinating joe chatting to diana all about the menopause who would have thought when we started almost a year ago that that would be one of our topics no but it's such a an important issue for all of us um to think about and um you know one of the key points that Dinah made about having that backup having that support so that you can ring somebody on those days when things are just not working or you just want somebody to cry to yeah. uh, you know um and yeah they, these are kind of imp they are important for us working alone particularly yeah. at the moment um but even more so if you feel that you are going through this sometimes difficult process you know as Dinah said we all do it differently yeah. so yeah. yeah you know yeah and I think it's quite in interesting also or amazing even the the range of symptoms yeah. and how you know everybody knows about hot flushes you yeah know, that's universal but it's just that there's so many other things that are symptoms of menopause, which we are not aware of necessarily. Yeah. So I think Diana's point about being prepared is really important so that, you know, if you're one of our younger listeners, uh, listeners, and you haven't yet got there, uh, or it's not even on your horizon yet, um, you're in pole position, because you've now got an opportunity to read up, visit Diana's website, find some information and just be prepared um, because you may be one of the lucky ones that doesn't have all the symptoms. On the other hand, you might be one that gets lots of symptoms or you might get this symptom and not that symptom. And yep. if you're going through it and you've been listening to today's episode, you might be sitting there thinking, oh, that's why that was happening to me yeah. last week. I didn't understand what was going on, but now I've got a better idea. And again, you can go and find the information to support to support you. And I love that thing about um, a system checker. I believe it's mm. something that a symptom, not system. system. See, I'm still in systems, yeah. but uh, a symptom checker, because obviously there is somewhere a list of all the different symptoms and you can check whether you've got any of them. So I think that's yeah. really handy, don't you? Yeah. I, and I mean, I, I wish kind of when I started going through this process all those years ago, that there had been more information um, because it would have just made, you know, listening to Dinah, thinking, oh, my God, that was a symptom. And I hadn't realized that yeah. that was part of my process, you know, and 
yeah very yeah. very interesting I think, I think that was fascinating so what's what's on your uh, I mean later on this afternoon listeners we are going to be recording the following week's episode yeah so we're going to be talking to Andrea Newton this afternoon yeah. um, and this one is going to be about relieving stress um, yeah. because April is stress awareness month although yeah. that that episode will be going out in May but never mind <laughs> We'll get over that one. Um, so we're going to be doing that later on. And for me, it's already four o'clock in the afternoon. So that's yep. going to be the last thing I do today. Um, yep. What do you got on the agenda for the rest of today, Jo? Um, I've got to fix a problem that's occurring with my laptop. Um, I've organised for my husband to cook dinner tonight and I'm going out to my new allotment. Oh, allotments. What are you growing? Um, well, I, I've put the raised borders up. Um, I've got some prep to do. Uh, I'm going to be hopefully having peas, beans, a range of lettuces, some tomatoes. Um, yeah, I've always wanted an allotment. And now that the boys have outgrown their climbing frame and that's gone to somebody else's. Um, interestingly, uh, five year old twin boys. Um, so way back beyond where I was many moons ago when we first got it, um, I now have room to put a, a mini allotment in my back garden. Oh, so, right. So it's in your garden. You're not actually going elsewhere. No, no, no. But I shall be alone in the garden because anything that looks vaguely like work and the teenage boys will be in the opposite <laughs> direction. <laughs> oh, I understand that. I get that. I get that. I get that. Well, I knew that we were going to be recording all afternoon. Um, so I very wisely put a chicken casserole in the oven this morning, which is supper for tonight and supper for tomorrow. And Wonderful. I have to say right now it smells divine. I could actually go and devour it the whole thing <laughs> right now, but I'm not going to. So I think we've waffled long enough. Yep. Um, let's head off so we can render this video and audio for this episode and wrap it up nicely and then we can start on our next episode because there's never a dull moment so thank you for listening listeners once again it's shelly at tomorrowsva.com joe at jlbbusinessconsulting.co.uk and virtually amazing the website virtually amazing is the facebook page and um yeah, you can you you know how to get hold of us. Do give us a rating on on Apple Podcasts. It does help. And if you'd like to be a guest, do get in touch. Drop me an email or drop Joe an email and tell us um, that you you'd like to be a guest. We'll have an exploratory chat. We'll set up a quick meeting. Make sure that we and you are the right fit, and then we'll get ahead and book you in. So do get in touch with us, and we'll see you next week. You have been listening to Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants with Shelley Fischel and Joe Brianti. We will be back with you again next week with yet another amazing episode. See you then.